0: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join us now to talk all things LSU is our buddy Sam Spiegelman from SEC, or I'm sorry, from TigerDetails.com. TigerDetails.com, the new LSU rival site. Sam, what's going on, man?
1: What's going on, Chris?
0: Hey, force of habit. Uh, You you know, come associated with (laughs) with one website. Uh, TigerDetails.com. You guys are still killing it over there. Awesome, awesome content up. Uh, let's talk a little bit about LSU right now. They're starting to get healthy, good signs with the offensive line. You know, of all the concerns we had about Garrett Brumfield and everybody else, sounds like they're starting to get pretty healthy now.
1: Yeah, I'd say it's the healthiest they've been since since week one. I mean, they're obviously they're still short of Garrett Brumfield, but, but Donovan Campbell played well in his place last week against Ole Miss. in still uh, the two weeks prior against Auburn and LaTex. Uh, I think he certainly worth startings, but either way, I think there's going to be a rotation at guard, and you want that rotation to keep guys fresh, especially going against Florida's defensive front, but now you have City Charles back, back at left tackle. Adrian McGee is capable of spelling Charles at left tackle. I think we're going to see him at some guards time this week. Orgeron has hinted at that multiple times since Saturday night against Ole Miss, um, and obviously the green light to play. That, that's huge. He's been probably the most consistent offensive lineman so far for L S U this season. And then Dekulus has kinda of come into his own on the right side. Uh Damien Lewis, you know what he does for the run game. It's it's a pretty good not only starting five, but the entire rotation behind them.
0: Let's talk a little bit on the recruiting front. I know uh, a couple of guys uh, were in-house last week as far as uh, on the recruiting trail. And I know you had up uh, a couple of quotes from the two quarterbacks that are committed to LSU. The 2019 commit Peter Parrish and the 2020 commit T.J. Finley both sounded off uh, raving about what they saw from from LSU and Ole Miss. Yeah, Peter Parrish, obviously the
1: 2019 commit, um, always good to kind of, Touch base with him and just see what he's what he's thinking. He's been to the last three games, the, the Auburn game, the Ole Miss game, the La Tech game. Um, really impressed with the offense. Obviously, you know the, the, he's, he's watching what Joe Burrow is doing, and Peter Parrish has the same exact skill set as Joe Burrow, so he's really excited about the direction of the offense. TJ Finley twenty twenty out of Ponchatoula. Um, you know it's a, it's a long way before he signs on the deadline, but you know he's locked in with LSU, and he's. Is still very confident that there's more to, to be unfolded over the next couple of weeks, a couple of of, of months, um, which is kind of impressive. And but you, you can see where he's coming from. LSU's improved its offensive production each week, leading into you know 570 some odd yards against Ole Miss and 45 points, which is also a season high. You know, there they unveil something new each week, whether it's I call it the wild Clyde in the in the wildcat or Racist Math as a move tight end. They just kind of introduce someone else, or they introduce a new package each week, um, which has which has sparked this team on offense, and and um, it's very impressive and commendable what Coach Ensminger has been able to do so far.
0: Uh, let's talk about Jamar Chase because I was talking with a buddy of mine yesterday who's not an LSU fan, and I was telling him, yeah, you know LSU's two freshman receivers have been very impressive, Jamar Chase and and Terrace Marshall, and you know he he goes and looks up Jamar Chase, he goes. The, the dude who has seven catches for 98 yards, that's the guy who's been impressive. I said, yeah, it's, it's not so much bulk or volume that he's been doing, but the guy makes big, you know, he may only get one catch a game, but it's a big catch. And, you know, last week with, with the touchdown against Ole Miss was a nice one early on in the game. Uh, what have you seen out of Jamar Chase? And I mean, are they going to eventually, I know they spread the ball around a lot, but you know, is he a guy who's maybe going to eventually see more targets because he seems to come up with every big play every time they go to him?
1: Well, if you remember correctly, Jamar Chase was committed to Florida for a pretty good chunk of last year. I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, you know, Coach Enzinger is aware of that. Coach (laughs) was very, I wouldn't be surprised to see them try to show off a receiver who's been a kind of red zone, red zone monster so far this year. Um, you know, I think Justin Jefferson has been the most consistent receiver and they, Joe Burrow has leaned on Dean Anderson and Stefan Sullivan because they're six foot six. But in terms of, of making plays in the red zone, a lot of those packages have centered around Jamar Chase. He's just such an uber-athletic freak of a wide receiver that he can place the ball anywhere, and Jamar is going to make a play on it. All of his touchdowns and the near touchdown against Miami, he really should have 30 on the season, has just been incredibly acrobatic plays. And um, I think it's just someone that Burrow trusts in the red zone. Um and Coach Orgeron has already hinted that they might find some other ways to get him involved, whether it's some screen passes, which is kind of his forte at Rummel, um, you know, or maybe taking a couple of deep shots with with Jamar. You know, they try to take you know eight to ten of those a game, and Jamar is a great candidate for that.
0: Let's talk a, a little bit more on the recruiting front, Sam. Uh, Sam. Um, obviously, a, a big road game this week at Florida, but next week. A massive game with Georgia coming in it should be, you know, number the number two team in the country. Uh, it's just going to be a massive, massive stage—a two thirty game on CBS. What's the uh, recruiting visit list look like for next week? I would assume it's going to be a big one.
1: Yeah, you are going to have kids from from all over the country that want to pile in. I mean, there is a chance that two undefeated teams and the SEC are going to be facing off in Tiger Stadium. Uh, I can tell you that Derek Stingley will be will be taking his official visit that weekend. Um, and it's, he's going to play host to a lot of, you know, a lot of these out-of-town recruits. Uh, you know, Cardell Thomas and Tyreen Davis. All, all the current LSU commits from the state will be there. It's like a lot of 2020. That's kind of where their focus is on, trying to trying to bring them to campus and try to increase their attention. Um, you know, John Emery, obviously one of LSU's top targets in the 2019 class, who's committed to Georgia. He'll probably be in Rouge for the first time since committed to Georgia that game. Um, and, you know, obviously all eyes are going to be on John Emery to see, you know, what transpires if, if LSU were to beat Georgia, the team he's committed to, or, you know, if Georgia prevails, you know, whether that kind of cements his status to Athens. It's You know, they, they've, they've had some, some really big weekends uh, in the, the first couple home games so far. Um, but, at you know, at 20 commits now for the 2019 class, only five spots left. You know, I don't, I don't expect any more pops after these games, unless it's in the 2020 class. But for the 2019 class, it's all about just continuing to up their stock uh, because it's now October, and that means signing day is two months away.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. It's so funny as a you know as a fan, you kind of once a guy commits to the school, you kind of forget about him. I mean, it's kind of like okay, well, we got him. Not don't need to worry about him. Who else can we get? Who out? And so it's almost like you pay attention to the kids who hey, th- this kid said he he's thinking about LSU. Or he's considering LSU, and so you start to pay attention to them. But let's talk about a couple of guys who are committed that you know maybe we're we're not following. What what kind of years Derek Sting- Stingley having so far at uh, high school? <laughs>
1: I think he has 13 touchdowns in five games. He's got three <laughs> interceptions. Wow. Um, one of one taken back to the house. His other one of them, I know he killed the game with a fourth quarter interception. He's had a he's had a special teams touchdown four weeks in a row. So four out of five weeks, he's returned a kick or a punt uh, or faked the field goal attempt uh, for a touchdown. He's he's been absolutely tearing it up, and you know, speaking to a to a coach. I was wondering, you know, was he stay the number one prospect in the country even though, you know, he doesn't really have the, the gaudy defensive stats? Well, you know, if he's if he's really good as he is, people are not going to be continuing to test number 24 for Dunham because that's an obvious mistake. Um, they tried to do that the first couple of weeks, and he made them pay instantly. And on offense, you know, they've had three, four guys trying to cover him, and they're still unable to do that. And if they do obviously Dunham is, is going to throw it to, to the person who's wide open on the other side of the field. So he's, he's been off to a ridiculous start. You can say the same thing about Trey Palmer is we, we made him a five-star on and he's living up to that. He's been an offensive, you know, juggernaut for Kentwood. Dante Starch has had a fantastic season for Aaron. I think every week he's in double digit tackles, um, they're using him as a pass rusher, very similar to kind of how LSU uses Devin White. Um, I would say Chris Abrams Green is a one of LSU's wide receiver commits in 2020 as Spanish Fort, Alabama. He's having an awesome season, um, a junior campaign. TJ Finley is is also I think he's a second or third leading passer in the entire state as a junior. Um, you see the you see the potential there. Um, I mentioned Tyrian Davis. I think he's gone for 200 or so yards in, in three out of five games in the season and. That's where the Southern Lab offense that, that everyone knows can't really throw the rock. So really, really impressive stats for, for these young guys
0: on the future. Well, it's, uh, it's it's just interesting as a fan. I mean, sometimes when the kid commits, you go, okay, well, we got him. Don't worry about him. Who, who else can we get? And so uh, I always like to kind of keep an eye on what they're doing. But, yeah, that's uh, that's awesome that uh, the kids that they, they got
1: Absolutely. to. It seems, it, it seems like you get, you know, Trey Palmer, who's a five-star wide receiver, committed. And they say, well, when are we going to get Devontae Lee or when are we going to flip (laughs) George Pickens? And it's like, well, just relish the moment that you have the number one wide receiver in the state committed. Now, like if people are very quick to think about what's next, instead of just kind of cherishing in the moment. Yeah.
0: uh, One more thought on the recruiting trail. Um, Yeah, look. I mean, we're we're at ranks right now. I mean, LSU with twenty spots. I mean, there's only a handful of uh, spots left as far as recruits for the 2019 class. They rank number seven right now, but obviously there's going to be some movement uh, leading up to signing day and all that. If LSU ends up with with this class, gets a couple more names, and they finish somewhere ranked between six and ten, I mean, that's a that's a really good class. Albeit, sometimes the fan base gets. Locked in them, no, we need a top five class or something like that. Isn't it more, you know, it's, it's about balance when it comes to addressing needs, getting the guys you want, keeping the, the kids in state that you want, uh, and you're not always going to have that number one or number two class.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, you know, of, of the remaining five spots, who I project, I would say, you know, three out of the five are surefire bets, I would say, to be top 100 guys by rivals, probably four out of the five, um, at least in the rivals 50. Um, and with that in mind, that'll put LSU in a position to be, you know, is at four, is at five, but somewhere in that top five. But, you know, Coach O touched on this uh, a couple weeks back. You know, their 2017 and their 2018 classes. and you see a lot of those players on the field now, guys like Jacob Phillips or, or Racy McMath last week, or Justin Jefferson was a two-star coming out of Destrehan, a late signee. A lot of these guys, you know, that that's their ranking according to a scouting service like Rivals or... Or you know a different website that, that that handles that, but you know they're going off their own evaluations and like you said they're going after need they needed offensive offensive lineman from the JUCO level that can compete and and at depth right away. unless you have a, your, your starting right guard is a, is a JUCO transfer that had three stars next to his name, but he might be the best offensive lineman on the team. But Dara Traorian has started at left. Travez Moore is a guy a JUCO a Juco transfer that could, you know, spark the pass rush this week. And that's, that was a need for the team. And, and we see that because Caleb on Chiefs out for the year, and they're struggling to generate a pass rush. So more might be the, the solution this week against Florida. They need to go on their own evaluations, and they're trusting in that. Um, and obviously the results speak for themselves. they a the 5-0 star, sitting at number 5 in the country, and have a chance to improve upon that in two weeks with Georgia coming to town. It's, you know... So I understand that, you know, the numbers when, they, when they're when they top five class in the recruiting rankings or if you're number one, you get to boast about that. But as long as it's filling needs and adding talent, you know, upgrading in a lot of different positions or at least adding depth, you know, capable depth that can have immediate, you know, impact, that, that should be enough. I think, you know, 2017, I think they were seven or eight in the country, and last year they were, I think, right outside the top ten, which caused a, a frenzy among the fan base. But you see a lot of those guys are all contributing now, so it, it, now it kind of probably feels a little bit silly to be you know, complaining about where they sit in the rankings as long as they're showing something on the field.
0: Uh, he is Sam Spiegelman, TigerDetails.com. Uh, Sam, remind me real quick, you, you mentioned Justin Jefferson there, and I was talking with him about somebody the other day. Uh, catch catch me back up on the story of, jo- of Justin Jefferson. What What happened? How did he end up at LSU?
1: He had camped at LSU his senior year, um, and he put on a show, and he, he did most of his damage against Amik Robertson, who ended up with an LSU offer at DB, and uh, we, we know he's like an all-world talent at Tech right now. Um, but Justin had, had horrible grades, which a lot of Power 5 teams were reluctant to offer him. Um, you know, he, out, out of high school, he had you know Tulane and Nichols, um, Southeastern, McNeese, you know, in-state schools were all interested in him. But Damian Craig was a huge fan of Justin Jefferson. Thought he was going to be the best wide receiver in that group with Manny Netherly and Racy McMath, um, and then he had him right behind Devontae Smith, who obviously is now the national championship hero for Alabama. Um, but Justin, you know, took extra classes the second semester at Destrahan, Was at was at uh, um, extra summer summer school courses all the way through the end of June, early July. Um, Oregon and LSU had both offered him, and he obviously picked LSU. Um, was a late add to the 2017 class, so he, they had already started summer workouts, conditioning, and he was late to the party. Um, but he was the first wide receiver to get on the field as a, as a true a freshman, and you know he just of in rotation. But... Um, he has emerged as Joe Burrow's favorite target. He has far and away the most, I think he has, you know, 10 more targets than Stephon Sullivan at number 2 most targets <laughs> on the team so far, and he's been the, the go-to playmaker with those almost, almost two 100-yard games so far against Ole Miss and Auburn.
0: And, and that was after they, that, this all came after they missed on,
1: missed on guys like Marvin Wilson. And That's right, okay.
0: That's right. I was trying to think of the timeline here of, of, of which year this all went down. Okay, cool. Thanks right. for that. Uh, clearing that up. But still, that's, I mean, the, the kid was a two-star. I mean, it's its one of those things where it could be an LSU 30 for 30. What if I told you that LSU's best <laughs> receiver was a guy thrown in at the last minute? So, um, If, if you all
1: saw him at LSU's camp and what he did on Friday night for hand, no way we're gonna, would a two-star ranking justify that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Uh, he is Sam Spiegelman, does a tremendous job, tigerdetails.com. Follow him on Twitter, at Sam Spiegelman. Uh, Sam, always appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much for uh, jumping in. Always enjoy your insight.
1: Yep, thanks for having
0: me. Awesome, man. Sam Spiegelman there, TigerDetails.com. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back, uh, wrap up hour number one after this. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com.
1: It's my little escape.
0: Now Judy's the life of the party.
1: Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon.
0: Whoa, take it easy, Judy. (laughs)